gift shop and they're like, oh, for Santa Kazan, and if so, send it to Interesting. I will do that. Joe Sisman. Hi. I pushed go live while you were telling me about Zen and yoga because it was great. Oh, there we go. It's okay. I had you muted on accident. So it was just me sitting here listening to you. Joe, how are you doing today? Um, Grant, I'm great. I'm outside here um, in front of our, there's a creek down there. Nice. And uh, yeah, I'm doing great. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm going to sort of rush through our our intro with each other since we only have a half hour and we want to use it to its fullest but i'm glad you're doing well it's awesome that you have a creek in your backyard i angie and i rake the creek bed and it's the most fun thing ever what does that accomplish uh well there's a lot of trees here and so the leaves will fall they'll you know, kind of start to decompose. But with the, this is all, this creek is where the town's like rain runoff goes. It all filter, it all, you know, like tributaries in there. Anyway, you get a layer of silt and a layer of leaves and a layer of silt and a layer of leaves. So you can't see, it's like all muck, you mm-hmm. know, like a pond. So you got to get in there and rake it, knock the silt off and then send the leaves down. And that'll give you a clearer water the water will be more oxygenated because it's the leaves aren't taking the oxygen out as they decom- decompose. Nice. Um, and then it's just really cool to like exfoliate a Creek for like three or four hours on a Sunday and, you know, amongst the cicadas. <laughs> it's, it's the best man. <laughs> Sounds cool. It makes sense in my head. Yep. Yeah. I'm sure there's lots of frogs living in there. I haven't seen any yet, um, and I haven't heard them, but I, I fully expect them to because there's there's fish in there. So there's a community. There's some there's some crawdads around, and where there's crawdads, there's frogs. And where there's frogs, there's frog bars. There's frog bars. <laughs> <laughs> now enjoy this yep. segue to our subject. <laughs> now, uh, so... This is part two to the first podcast that Joe and I did where we talked for almost four hours about frog bars, universal synchronicities, and a lot of things that people probably look at us like we're insane for talking about. And then other people would be like, oh my goodness, I have been seeing this my entire life. Where has this been? I've been getting DMs from people that said... Finally, someone put it into words. And we did for four hours almost. So if anybody wants like 
in-depth conversation about what this frog bars concept is and what we talk about with it and like how it relates to synchronicities in the universe and crazy things like that at least in our eyes part one is the one you want to watch part two i got a little like passionate for a minute last week about something and i was like i want to do another part and i want to talk about this do it and i'm going to probably maybe upset a couple people with the following sentence i reject 43 uh why i reject 43 okay so i'll start it with a, a little bit of like backstory with that because i don't reject all of the concept of the 43 that everybody goes crazy about and i'll get into the part that i don't like part that i agree with and all of that but basically so when you first explained the concept of 43 to me it just like fell off it was weird it was like i don't know how to explain what i mean by that but it just fell off and Mm -hmm. And then it was like, it was weird. And you, when you would send me all of these things with 43 on it, like, oh. And I, I tried to red pill you with 43. But I was already red pilled, like naturally with my own life. So I think that's part of why this 43 thing just doesn't sit right with me. Uh, and And so my whole thing with this is that the 43 thing and the way that BMX people talk about this, it it like forcefully red pills people into like creating false signals of 43 where you're like trying to manufacture frog bars or this right. universal synchronicity rather than just letting it happen on its own. And that is what I'm rejecting because you're, you're rejecting synthetic 43s. Yes. Like, because in my life, everything that I've ever paid attention to with this whole concept has been just natural stuff that I've noticed happening. Not that I'm like trying to create it. It's just that I'm living life and then, Oh, I see this thing. So I go down that direction or I see this one. I go this direction. It's not like I'm, you know, putting 43 in the end of my gas on the gas pump and hoping that that means my day is going to be the way it's supposed to. <laughs> yes. It's, I think that's in, that, that would be uh, an interventionist 43. What do you mean? Which by is that? not natural. Well, you know, like when I pay my bills, I, I add in 43 cents to them so that I can send 43s through the financial system. But mm-hmm. But that's an interventionist 43. That's not a naturally occurring 43. <clears throat> right. And so so my whole thought is like, I don't think or feel like that this whole concept is something that's supposed to be forced at all. Like, I feel like it's supposed to be the opposite of that. You know, right. like you're not supposed to be trying to manufacture these things. And by putting this concept of 43 out there, like... Uh-huh everybody's following 43 43 is this magical thing and we're all gonna try and create things by 43 i feel like it almost sends the wrong message it spams 43 is what you're saying kinda and let's see 
So, yeah, I've got a whole lot of notes here on this, and we only have like 15 more minutes. <laughs> but how? what do you think about it? Um, so I will use 43, like, I, I, I will create interventionist 43s in order to get people asking what's the deal with 43. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's yeah. It. I, I mean, like, this, so this weekend at Huff Jam, um, you know, James McGraw, who's on the mic, would call out, like, you got a minute and 43 seconds left in your run. You got a, you know, you got 43 seconds left in your run. And he would always, he would call it out and he would look and he would point at me. But then what started to happen was people would land dope combos, like dope combos. And then we'd look up at the, um, at the run clock and it was 43. And so there's a little bit of like, you know, stone soup in it, prime in the pump type of thing. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it, it happens. Like, and when you look, I, and I think that like, um, like when you look in that Eddie Murphy, that new Eddie Murphy movie about Dolomite, the price of the album is something about 43. And so, so in some ways it's like, um, a secret handshake, like, a Hey, there's somebody on the production staff who knows this stuff, mm. which is, you know, pretty cool. So you can kind of like, you know, read the credits, figure out who was on the film crew, figure out like who probably layered it in there. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's just like one of those, one of those signs that you can lay out, but it is, it, a synthetic 43 is not the same as a naturally occurring 43. Yeah. And, and I guess my whole thing with me saying that I reject it is that I feel like putting it out there so much like that and the interventionist thing might lead people down the wrong path of like trying to create it themselves or manufacture this whole thing and then go down the wrong path with it. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe. Um you know, potentially. I mean, you could run experiments like just make a bunch of synthetic 43s and whip up the stoke and see if you start landing stuff or if you don't. Like, see if, you know, doing a manufacturing a bunch of 43s in your day leads to things going the way you want or, or not. That's so, I mean, true. You can, you can run experiments like that for sure. That's true. Uh, I have an example of this because it's it kind of made me realize I went down a rabbit hole thinking about this stuff after I said <laughs> all that to you. And <laughs> I don't know. I just I, I thought about the uh, the Dave, Ron and Brian podcast with it. Yes. Because when I did that podcast, I was like, oh, it'd be really awesome if that was podcast number 43. And it was like, I was kind of just like trying to force that in my head, like trying to figure out how I could make oh, that right. be a thing. Yeah. And, uh -huh. and, man, and I just focused on that so much. And, and then I just, I realized it wasn't possible because there was no way I was going to do like four of them before that <laughs> one could happen because that one was on a very specific day and times. So it just wasn't possible. I'm like, whatever, I'm going to let it be what it is. And it ended up being podcast number 40, which I already told you about, but the 40 had significance because the podcast was to promote the 40th anniversary yep. of their shows and them going on their tour in next year. And so I realized by not forcing 43, 
I ended up stumbling into an actual instance of this whole thing with the actual number that it ended up being. And that even more so, like, pushed it even further for me. It was like, you don't force this stuff. You can't create it. All we can do is tune in the dial and try and tune into the frequency of whatever's going on. And by trying to manufacture it, you're just going to go in the wrong direction. Yeah, that's the, that's what's so cool about 43. It can't be co-opted and manufactured. Like you can manufacture pretty much anything right now. Like you can make fake trees, you can make uh, plastics, you can make any object in the world. Um, but there's some things that can't be um, that can't be manufactured. In these moments of serendipity and synchronicity, and like frog bars coming down. Uh, yeah, you can't manufacture that stuff. Right. And it so happens, it happens, but you don't manufacture it. Exactly. And so in this little series that I guess this being part two is now creating, yep. there might be some people who are like, well, then what do I do? Because in the first one, you told us about 43 and whatever. And, and I think the whole point that I wanted to get across with like saying something that might be like people looking at me like, what the hell? Uh, I would say my whole thing with all of this is to tell people to just go with the flow. Right. I mean, like to answer the question of what do you do? You listen. Yes. That's it. You just listen. The, and, and the whole point of all of this, at least in my eyes, through my entire life of like getting to where I'm at because of paying attention to this yep. whole concept is that it's letting the universe take you wherever you're supposed to go you listen yeah. you listen and look for the signs and it makes sense it gives you clues i mean it's not going to do it for you it's not like a roller coaster like you leave you, you live a pretty cool life by a lot of standards really really cool life I love it. um but you also are an active driver of that like there's no you don't go to Cedar Point and get on the Brantmore experience roller coaster. No one can do that. They can talk to you about what your life is like. They can, uh, they can listen to other people who roll with you, mm-hmm. but they can't. Like there is no amusement park ride for the life that you have made. People, other people can like ask you about it, and if they want to take a similar ride, they can make their life like that. Totally. But it's not like they can just go and push a button and have it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like I've gone so far down this rabbit hole of paying attention to the universe and what it's trying to tell me and point me in directions that I'm like, I feel like I'm like 15 years ahead of someone who's just starting to pay attention to stuff with just, oh yeah, I'm like deep where it's like, if the way I think about it and the way I think about life is that I look at it like a tree where uh-huh. it starts at one point, then you have yep. a decision branches branch off. Then you have more decisions yep. go this way, this way. I feel like if you follow exactly what the universe is trying to have you do, you go straight up the middle and all the way to the, to the like tallest point of the tree. Look at these trees. Yep. 
look at how they grow. They follow the sun. They mm. follow the light. And sometimes they can go straight up. Sometimes, it, I mean, it looks like this. There's a sycamore that looks like a really straight arrow. But all those other branches had fallen off. Yep. Because like, the, that's where the sun used to be. But there's a bunch of other stuff crowding it. And so those branches just fall off. Yeah. So just like follow the sun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, and the sun is the thing that, 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 that gives you the energy. Yeah. And you just follow where it goes. And sometimes you got to get into a space. You got to get out of the shade that somebody else is hogging, you know, the sun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had great, that. Great metaphor. Dude. And that one, I was 16 years old when I first had thought of that concept. I remember exactly where I was sitting, just sitting yep. there in the woods, looking at a tree, realizing that like a tree is a metaphor for life. And if you follow the path that you're supposed to follow, you will get to the highest point of that tree. Whereas everything else gets cut off short. I mean, this is what happens. Like people make jokes like, Oh, you know, this is what happens in Ohio. But like when you grow up around trees uh, and you are like playing in the woods, you just naturally learn that stuff like how is it that something with that is this big as a seed can take you know dirt air and water and sun and then turn into something really huge that you know you can even cut down and make a house out of like how on earth does that even happen and 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 there's an answer to that which is how these things grow and you can distill it down to a couple of simple principles which is they actually just follow the sun pretty crazy and yeah, yeah, another thing I thought about, and I don't even know if I agree with this, but I was just was writing down my notes and I wrote this down. I was like, I don't even know if we're supposed to like intentionally be seeking this stuff out as much as we're supposed to just let it hit us in the face. Like, I feel like when I'm thinking about it, like the story I told you about, uh, going to a different place to eat and then missing that highway being shut down. Uh-huh. The first in the first thought in that situation was, Oh, I see this, this sign for where I could go. I'm going to look for a sign from the universe that tells me to go that way. Nothing there. Then as soon as I stop looking, I just happen to look over and boom, oh, right, it hits me. Right, 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 right. That's right, kind right, of right. what I'm saying. And it's like, I don't know if I fully agree with it, but I do feel like in the moments of like very intentionally trying to seek this out, I'm, I'm not seeing anything until it's like not really focusing on it. Right. Um, walk into a dark room with a flashlight, a very focused flashlight. You're going to see what you point the flashlight at. Yes. Uh, and if you're following your little hypothesis, like you said, like you think you're going to follow a mouse. Um, you're going to follow just down that one path. You're going to say, Oh, I'm seeking, but you're actually not scanning the whole room and you're going to miss everything that you're not paying attention to. Well, it's confirmation bias in that concept of like, no matter, I think I have this written in here. I don't know if I wrote it down, but I remember it in that, like that. Oh yeah. The whole saying of like, where you hear people say, if you're looking for negative, you're going to find negative. If you're looking oh, yeah, yeah, for, yeah. A, if you're looking for a red, a red Jeep, you're going to see red Jeeps everywhere. 
it's like like you find what you're paying attention to and if you're consciously trying to seek this stuff out you're gonna make it up in your head um it's totally possible to do that like if you're digging in the dirt um troy who's troy forgetting his name but he's a he's a writer street writer he's he's into um looking for native american arrowheads and so he'll go to digs and he kind of knows where to find them but when you're digging stuff out of the dirt like you'll you'll get something in your hand and you'll be like oh this is this is an arrowhead this is an arrowhead and then you dust it off and you know sometimes it's not mm-hmm. but like it feels like it and yeah that, yeah that just totally happens yeah so i guess merkel since... troy merkel troy troy merkel gotcha I'm thinking about I want to go with him because I, I found, I found this arrowhead one time at the trails that oh, we ride at. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, but I want to find more anyway. So, so I guess if we're going to try and like keep this focused and since we're kind of time, uh, crunched another thing, you know, when I, someone might ask the question like, well then what do I do if, if you're telling me not to just like look for this stuff and you're, you're telling me not to use 43 or make it up or whatever got it Uh, got it got it got it let me jump in yes anyone who asks you those questions with that voice stop talking to them (laughs) that's funny there you go there's because there's they're they're not looking for an answer they're they're they're, that that it's the 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 words are there but the tone indicates that it's a rhetorical question Mm -hmm. and it's said out it you know it's coming from a place of desperation you don't need that stuff you're not anyone like no one is anyone's like guru where like people can go up to the window at mcdonald's and say i would like happy meal number four enlightenment give me this happy meal it doesn't have as much stoke on it what do you you know just like bitching at people who are trying to serve you um and any and frankly anyone who knows this stuff has no time for dickheads true and so, like, be my guest to be a dickhead and be demanding of people to tell, you know, tell you the the secrets of the universe. Like, they totally won't. And they and 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 if you piss them off enough, they'll probably misdirect you out of spite just to shut you up. Oh so, like, there's a yeah, like, and I've had that. I mean, I was when I was driving to Huff Jam, I was talking to Todd uh, Carter about all the people that I've met uh, along uh, along the way and. I met an awful lot of con men along the way that use these types of techniques to ensnare folks and prey on their dreams. So you have to be like super careful. Even if you're well-intentioned, you have to be super careful that the person you're talking to is not well-intentioned. And so you have to learn how to test and validate their intention and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, don't give people money if they ask for it. Like if somebody's like, Oh, Hey, you know, you know, there's a, there, 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 there there's a line in, um, uh, Kurt Cobain did um, this, the album In Utero just before he shot himself. And he was supposed to be on Lollapalooza. And I was really looking forward to, in 94, being on tour with him. Um, uh, but there's a line that he used that said, uh, forever in debt to your priceless advice. And on that album, he just railed against Courtney Love because uh if you if you listen to that album it's like she was ensnaring him to like owe her Mm. something and so you're going to encounter people who will try to do that 
you know, hurt people, hurt people. And, yeah. um, they'll, 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 they'll try to, yeah, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. They'll try to ensnare you. So be super careful with this stuff. And, um, when I say super, super careful, be super careful in how you pursue it, that you don't become so greedy and envious of learning this stuff that you will accept it from any charlatan who's, you know, putting you into a, into a marketing funnel for it. But, um, and, uh Oh, with and... that, we, we got two minutes and we got to wrap up cause that's my alarm. <laughs> Well, you can you can buy my book about frog bars and universal synchronicities exactly. coming exactly. out, and it's only exactly. six payments all of, of nineteen ninety nine. All of these, all of these hustle bros. Also, <laughs> I'm going to tell you a story. So, one of the things that happened at, at, at Huff Jam is like there was so there were some great content creators, there were some great storytellers, there were some folks there that were like, I swear to God, they bought a uh how to be an internet influencer and they just showed up like hey this is my media company mm. and like i was there and like uh, someone was like oh hey um I, here i got this deal with gopro you know land that trick because i was shooting for the terra doom yeah um and i was like hey when can i like hey can you hold this footage until I'm ready for my year end He's like, we'll talk. And I'm like, what do you mean we'll talk? I'll do the talking and you'll do the listing. Cause if it's about my trick and you getting rich off of my trick, kiss my ass, bro. Mm -hmm. And there was another dude who like hit me up and he's like, yo, I want to, you know, I want to offer you an opportunity to work with me. Um, he's like, Hey, call me right now. I'm like, I can't, I'm at this contest. He's like, I want to offer you an opportunity to work with me. I'm like, what is it? And he's like, the biggest flat ground. And when he said flat ground instead of flat land, I was just like, nah, dog, I'm not calling you. Right. That's so like, and so like, I'm just, I'm just like, what are these people doing? Like jumping into a community, trying to like monetize it. And it just pisses me off because Flatland is awesome. Um, it is super cool. There's a bunch of super passionate people, but then there's like these culture vultures who are descending down and they're like, and, and, and the, the, the techniques they're using are all stuff from like the home study course Yeah. from all these dudes who want to be Gary Vaynerchuk. And they're like, well, you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to stay on the grind. You got to, you, this is all about your legacy. You can pass it on to your kids. You got to grind 24 seven. Uh, 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 uh. And it's like, bro, we can see through it. Off. We I'm all so sick see of this. through it. We, yeah. We and so we're, Anyway, enough about that ranting, but like, that's true. So like, you got to watch out for those dudes yes. as well, because they're just hope dope pushers. So what I'll say to end it is, you know, you, there's real examples of 43 out there. You send yeah. me them all the time where it just pops uh -huh. up in your life, but don't try to create these things. I, yeah. I would say like, think about your own like significant numbers in your life and, and pay attention to when those things pop up in significant moments in your life of like trying to have these decisions. And, and if say you're driving and you're thinking about this decision and, and you're going between two different things. And this is how I live my life where if I'm on one side of the fence thinking about something and I drive by a license plate and it has my number on it, I'm like, 
there's uh-huh. there's my undeniable sign that okay that's what i'm supposed to do and then i completely eliminate the the doubt in my mind about that decision and yep. just be ready for the undeniable examples of these things happening and joe and i give our several undeniable examples in the part one of this so so watch that and then just just don't man try to manufacture this stuff i hey i want you to i want to invite you to do a buddy edit with me the title of which is don't fall for charlatans let's do it okay i'll do flatland tricks (laughs) oh i'll bring my nowhere and you can coach me on uh on skate park stuff so we'll ride one another's disciplines we'll be one i'm in (laughs) so stuff all right hey thanks so much um i gotta run get back to work yep everybody go watch part one follow joe and we'll do part three here soon new bruises a life-changing story is dropping this year and it's my pursuit of the hardest trick i've ever done uh and going back to hit it clean after seven years after i first did it at age 43. There it is. Oh, <laughs> more BMX 42 Bird. out. There you go. <laughs> Have a good day, everybody. I just wanted to bring that to you and kind of just give a, a mediary episode in this new series with Joe, where we're just talking about universal synchronicities. And I don't know. We'll talk more later. Just, yeah.